Welcome to the Mixed Reviews. Uh, Hi, everyone. An award-winning podcast. We've not actually won an award. I'm just projecting into the future. Yeah. yeah. That, that, like, really brings um, to uh, to our um, topic today. Yes. Know? Speaking truth, let it be owned. Yes, exactly. Make it happen. Hi, uh, Louis. Hi, Gavin. Welcome to Mixed Reviews, everyone. Yes, uh, we're a podcast where we take a film subject, such as an actor or director or a mini-genre, and we look at the good and we look at the bad, and we take them both, and there you have. There you have. The mixed mi- reviews. <laughs> we mix the reviews. Um, you have not been drinking that gin and tonic long enough for that. Hold on, hold on. Let me just take a little, <laughs> a little sip. Very, very classy. Plastic Ooh. glasses. Plastic. Are these plastic theater glasses? Yeah, that one's um, the beacon. Uh, the beacon. I'm trying to remember where I got that one. This one is from She Loves Me. Mm. Yeah. But before we move on to this week's subject, we have some old business to take care of. We put out a poll on Twitter asking what your favorite Tim Burton films are. Coming in at just 9%, my pick, Ed Wood, followed by Batman Returns for, with 25%, Beetlejuice at 26%, and Louis' pick, Edward Scissorhands, at 40%. So you guys seem to side with Louis on that one. But it also says to me that maybe most of you haven't seen Ed Wood, and I would highly recommend you going and watching it. Uh, Skylar Luttrell tweeted at us that this worked as a great companion piece to Blank Check's Tim Burton series, so go check them out. And also, uh, Jane Cozens mentioned that uh, Nightmare Before Christmas would also be a good choice, and I completely agree because it does come a lot from Tim Burton himself. However, I do think choosing it as his best film also downplays a little bit of Henry Selick's contribution to that as director. But uh, she brought up a really good point, I'll be honest. And there, we also had many other calls, Sweeney Todd, Big Fish, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So it seems like you guys are pretty mixed on that as well. But we're not here to talk about Tim Burton anymore. We're here to talk about this week's subject, which, as a little special birthday present for Louie, is... We're actually talking about Jennifer Lopez today. Jennifer Lopez. Long time coming to subject. I want you to know, I had to... <laughs> I had to... Do lots of antics to get Gavin <laughs> to let me do this episode. Exactly. I, I'm obsessed with Jennifer Lopez for a couple of reasons. And I think, honestly, through the research and rewatching, I'm even more obsessed with her. <laughs> um, she is kind of in like a league of her own when it comes to like celebrity. She, I think most people are like, with her career, I think people easily will dismiss her as an actress and a singer. Right. But, like, the proof is in the pudding, guys. Like, the people don't um, become global sensations, make $2 billion just off of perfume. Yeah, she's she's the uh, highest paid Hispanic actress in all of everything. She became the first Latin actress to earn over $1 million for U.S. film. Which, by the way, she started acting in the 90s. That's yeah. fucked up, America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she... she I, I don't know. I... I think people are dumb and wrong to yeah. just shit on her in her career because um, even though she, you know, yeah, she's had some really bad movies and no, she's not the greatest voice ever, but like, bitch, Waiting for Tonight comes on, you're on the dance floor, okay? So funny, I was thinking Waiting for Tonight, too. That's, I mean, yeah. that is her best song. That is, I mean, um, you're not um, But we're not here to talk about her music career. No. We're here to talk about her film career, which I do also think she has um, this... Uh, uh, filmography that is really interesting she's had like different phases of her career she's worked with some interesting people um absolutely and i think she has uh grown and changed in a lot of different ways she 
I mean, let's try and spitball. Like, do we know any other celebrities of her caliber who are not only film megastars, but also like doing the clothing, doing the perfume and makeup and TV show and producing? And then on top of that, you know, she, um, of course, is a beautiful woman. Um, that never hurts in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but also she literally had no like ins. You know? Right. She came from a middle class family in the Bronx. I don't know. I think people sell her short for her accomplishments. She has done a lot for herself. And on top of that, you know, uh, for the greater Latinx community at large, like it's, it's, it's a shame that people do not give the respect she deserves. And we are here today to do a little bit of that. Absolutely. And do some investigations. Uh, so let's get into the rewind, yeah? Absolutely. Jennifer Lynn Lopez was born on July 24th, 1969. That makes her 49 years old. Can you believe Look at that math. And not because you literally texted me that age yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I just remember. 49 years old. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's... I don't even look that good now. I've never looked that good. <laughs> You look fine, sweetie. She's doing all right, sweetie. I'm never going to look like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Keep trying. Um, she was born in the Bronx. She was born to Puerto Rican parents, Guadalupe Rodriguez and David Lopez. Uh, she's an older sister, Leslie, and a younger sister, Linda, who's a journalist. Father worked the night shift at the Guardian Insurance Company before becoming a computer technician at the firm, while her mother was a homemaker. She was born to a small apartment in the Castle Hill neighborhood, but years later, her parents were able to save up enough money to purchase a two-story house. Now... I know there's a lot of listeners who don't live in New York City. Louie and I both live in New York City. Saving enough money to buy a two-story house yeah. in the Bronx? Yeah. I know this was a different time. It's yeah. a very different time. They must but have been, still. They must have been really hustling. And I yeah. believe it because Jennifer Lopez had to have gotten that like drive somewhere. She, from a young age, was just like, I need to get out of the Bronx. I want to be... I mean, sometimes you're just born with it, you know, and she, she talked about like how when she was growing up, she saw movies with like, what she quotes, real celebrities and real stars like Marilyn Monroe and glamorous women like Ava Gardner, Rita Hayworth. And she wanted to get into the business because of seeing these glamorous women like them. Uh, and, and that's certainly a way to describe her. I mean, she has a lot of screen glamour. She yeah, really does. Oh, absolutely. Um, so... At the age of five, she began taking dance lessons, and she ended up touring uh, New York uh, when she was seven years old doing this. And um, her parents stressed the importance of being able to speak English, mm-hmm. uh, which I totally get like as a assimilation tactic as well. And it's very funny because you end up seeing that same argument occurring in the movie Selena. Yeah, that, which... um, a.k.a. my life. <laughs> and essentially, her parents said that they put her in you know, singing and dancing lessons to keep her, quote, out of trouble. Um, she spends her entire career in Catholic schools, and uh, she's mostly uh, athletic-oriented. She runs track, she's on the softball team, and you know, she... It's not necessarily academics she's interested in, basically. Yeah. Um, so while she was attending her final year of high school, she decides to audition for uh, film casting, which she hears about, and, it, and she ends up being essentially a background character in this movie called My Little Girl. And that, that's it. That's, yeah. that's the beginning. She's like, I want to be famous. Yeah. I want to be a movie star. I can just imagine, you know, from what I like know and what we've seen of Jennifer Lopez on and today out on screen, you can just imagine her being on a set, seeing the 
like the actual stars of the movie and you know the makeup the clothes all these things that are parts of her career now you know seeing all of that and being on screen i can just imagine her being like oh fuck this is it yeah this is what i need to be doing um her parents were really open to the idea by telling her quote it's really stupid and quote no latinos did that yep um and so she does what any normal person would do she moves out (laughs) at 18 yeah she gets her own apartment in manhattan um and she starts doing musicals she's in jesus christ superstar oklahoma um and she tours europe for five months and then she gets a job on a japanese tv show called synchronicity Mm -hmm. um where she does acting dancing and singing um you know she comes back and she decides dancing might be her way in uh she joins a new kids on the block tour and she auditions for being a fly girl on In Living Color. And I think this is where most people know the story or the start of the story. Um, And it's funny because it was a national competition. Rosie Perez was their choreographer. And it's funny. I fucking love Rosie Perez more than anything in the world. Actual icon. Yeah, I will, will, like, take a bullet for Rosie Perez. Um, (laughs) Rosie, if you're out there, you're you're safe. Yeah, exactly. They need to go through me first. Um, (laughs) This is not the one. We just (laughs) never been down even further. Okay? Okay, so girl with the blue top, checkered pants, Jennifer. So she goes through this entire competition and she gets first runner up. Dang. Carla, who's now a choreographer in Los Angeles, didn't even realize until years later that she got picked over JLo. I was like, no way. It's really flattering to, I'll be able to tell my grandkids. But a year later, the winner can't fulfill her contract. Uh-oh. And you know what happens? Alyssa Edwards. Uh-huh. The first runner-up gets the crown. Wait, are we saying Jennifer Lopez is Coco Montrese? Girl, look how orange you are. <laughs> um, and so she she does in living color. You know, she, she gets this, like, dream gig where... Uh, I don't know if many of you remember in living color. I don't know the age range of our audience, how it skews... Uh, in Living Color was a 1993 variety show. It was sort of a um, ethnic, quote urban. unquote, urban answer to Saturday Night Live that was on Sundays on Fox. And they would do interstitials in between the sketches uh, with the Fly Girls would come out and they'd dance. And they're really good. Yeah. They're incredibly talented. Um, you know, she does that until 93. She's also going out on auditions at this, at this time. And she lands her first uh, movie. It was a TV movie called Nurses on the Line, The Crash of Flight 7, which was later renamed Lost in the Wild for uh, direct-to-video. And uh, I saw bits of this, and she's actually not bad in it for being her first movie. You know, she's starring with Lindsay Wagner and Robert Loggia. So, hey. Um, we all got to start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, CBS, who airs the movie, thinks she's a star. Signs her to a deal. Uh, she does the TV series Second Chances. And also they start, um, they sort of start trying to develop her as more of a personality. They get her to host the Tournament of Roses that year. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
The tur- like, is that not a parade? Yeah. The start of the Rose Parade is only about a half hour away. And I know one of the reasons many of you watch it is that you love horses. Well, have we got a treat for you right now. Doug, tell us what Equestrian Wonders are waiting for us. She has a couple of TV shows yeah. on his time, and, right? Like, and none, of them really, to, none of them really hit. Well, they're trying to develop, like I said, trying to develop her into a star. It doesn't really ever, like you said, it doesn't really ever fully pan out. Yep. Um, but also in 95, uh, she takes a role in Gregory Nava's My Family. And she plays young Maria in that movie. Yeah, this is a really funny thing because in this movie, she's only seen in flashbacks. Yeah. And she is so officially the mother of Constance Marie, famously who will play her mother later in Selena. Yes. Um, and what's amazing about this, you know, it's her first big, big film role. Um, she gets nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Female. Which is crazy. She's not in that movie for a lot. Like, yeah. It's a very small role. Por favor, señor, necesito cruzar. No, no, señora. Que no ve que está muy alta el agua. Solo puedo ir para adelante, señor, por favor. Mire, por favor, espérese para otro tiempo cuando baja el agua y te mate. Necesito cruzar. Nunca podré regresarme aquí otra vez. Por favor, señor, necesito cruzar. She just keeps working, you know, trying to get her name out there. In 95, she plays the lead in... Uh, Money Train alongside Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, who are just fresh off of White Man Can't Jump and really trying to recapture that. You know, it's funny, too, uh, the, the lead female in White Man Can't Jump, Rosie Perez. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in August 96, she's in fucking Francis Ford Coppola's Jack. Yeah. And I love that she talks about him later on, just like Francis. I, I've worked with Francis. I've had the privilege to work with him, and I, and, I, and I love him as a person and as a director for his work and for who he is. And I remember him talking about The Godfather and how it was, it's, it's this classic now. It's this amazing classic. Right. But in the moment, nobody really got it. And he, he was like, right. you know, people act like it was this great moment. But for him, it was very tough. The passion and love that you put into your work does come through. And history does vindicate you. And there was something about him talking about that that made me realize that. So the, the big hit, the big turnaround occurs in 97. Right. Um, she does Selena. Which yeah. is the same director as my family. Yeah. Um, and this is, this was a huge, uh, moment for her. Uh, also not an easy moment. Uh, right. she, she makes her audition. Yeah. She was cast. It was, a, it was an open casting call. Yeah. And they had over 22,000 girls come out to audition. And she's in a very like interesting part of her career. I think I also, it's worth mentioning at this time, the, Latin explosion is about to take off. You know, like Ricky Martin at the Grammys is about to happen. Um, it's, it's all just boiling. She was really at the right place in her career at the right time. Um, I found this article called Jennifer Lopez, the wow from a uh, movie line. And it really gives a glimpse into her during this time period specifically because she kind of knows, um, well, she definitely fucking feels that she's a star. She talks about herself and she was like, I just had it. I had the goods. I have a no body issues. Just like a very young starlet really being, uh, feeling like she is owning her, uh, and she knows how to play the game. That's what it really sounds like. Um, she says, I have the stardom glow. Um, 
from the time I started off as an actress, each day I had an audition, I'd wake up, do my hair and makeup, look at myself in the mirror and say, I have the stardom glow. So she really just like felt this inside of her that was going to happen. Oliver Stone already at this time is trying to um, like woo her, if you will, for for the, his movie U-Turn. But they had bad blood over like an old casting session. Um, and she she says in this article that she went in and was reading this like four page monologue and Oliver Stone started rearranging furniture around her and was, wasn't paying attention. And she was like, what is he doing? That's so rude. Um, he said, and he says to her, Oh, right. Um, you're a regular on the TV series, right? She says, I said, yeah. And I turned and I left and told her manager she was never going to work with him ever again. Wow. Um, fast forward and she's, and also at this time, she's also like, she gets Anaconda. Right. Which turned into be a huge movie, made a hundred million dollars. Which is crazy because it's bad. Right. Um, um, but I mean, John Voight's in that movie, Ice Cube's in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's got people behind it, you know? Yeah. And she says, Oliver Stone is calling, now calling back and wanting to work with her. And she says, quote, I have the upper hand here because I don't care about this movie. I've got Selena and I'm getting a million dollars for it. That's the best way to deal with these bigwigs. I just went in there and we hit it off and I flirted with him, got tough with him, and he just loved it. <laughs> so, 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 so confident. She's so confident. It's insane. Uh, she says, you, this is her in her like mid to late 20s. Yeah. This is, yeah. She says, you can't expect things to be handed to you on a platter, even if you can fill theaters week in and week out, because there's always some, somebody like me ready to kick down the door and steal a job right out from under you. So this is all like this, like the groundwork for Jennifer Lopez's career. And, and Selena though really was what put her on the map. Um, she had, I mean, it was controversial. Yeah. For sure. Um, she is a famous Puerto Rican actress. Right. Selena was a Mexican American. Absolutely. Um, and, but yeah, I just, I remember, I remember like it was daily news finding out who was going to play Selena. Um, and that's, I, it's funny because we watched Selena this weekend and I was thinking about that because I, you know, my first experience, uh, with Selena was after she died. I mean, I remember hearing, uh, you know, the, I, I'm dreaming of you tonight song on the radio, but also this was around the time where I'm starting to become a teenager and I'm moving away from pop music because I was a cool kid. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I say facetiously <laughs> and, um, and so, her death made national headlines. Yeah. I'm from upstate New York, so I don't have a ton of experience with her. But being yeah. Tejano from yeah. I remember Texas, like, like, I mean, what was that like? I remember where I was when I heard that she died. I was at my godmother's house in Wichita Falls, woke up, and people were just like, Selena's dead. Wow. Um, which was insane. And I remember being like, this, there's no way. Like, I, when I was really young, I had seen her at the local Jalapeno Festival. Um, if you could see my face right now, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, because she was everywhere. Uh, one of her bandmates, Pete Astudio, he's actually in the movie. Um, he's from Laredo, where I'm from. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there were no, like, she was inescapable, you know, in, the, in all of Texas. And I'm sure all across the border in California. I mean, like, a lot of the movie is dramatized, of course, but that, like, mall scene where I love that mall scene. That her pretty woman scene. Yeah. Where it's like, you can't afford that dress. Yeah. And literally, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about the movie later, but the just like seeing, I'm sure we will. <laughs> seeing like, uh, you know, the, the woman who's like cleaning or like 
these are all the the workers in the mall who are just like fuck everything yeah we're gonna go see our homegirl selena um and i love that scene too because i mean it's a little it's a little on the nose but i also think it's very honest that all of the latin people in the mall are are like the, working. The, are working but they're they're the like labor workers yeah, yeah. they're like lifting things or sweeping things they're or washing, cooking they're yeah. not like they're not the people in the front of the store yeah um but anyways, uh, so talk about Selena. Uh, but one of the things that also sparks from Selena is that like she gets the she gets the singing bug. Yeah, and she gets the singing bug. Also, this was the movie that she got her one million dollars. Yeah, and that was a huge deal. Um, and uh, it really she because she also got nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. for this, um, Lost which is Hell and Hunt, <laughs> which is yeah, which is huge for like you know I'm. Once again, this is not her first film, yeah. but this is essentially her first starring role. And it almost feels like, I mean, she suddenly became one of the faces of the Latin explosion. You yeah. Know? Um, and especially in the context, like, she's doing this biopic about another Latina woman who probably would have, you know, been this huge face um, of uh, American culture. And... Um, so it's it's really weird, um, but fortuitous for her and her career. And she talks very lovingly about her to this day. She's just one of those very special type of artists that, with her music and her spirit and her joy and her and her heart, really touched people. And this is one of the things that makes it so emotional. I'm I'm watching her on that scrim as the audience is watching as well, and her dancing and doing all that. It's like she was here. She'd be doing what I'm doing right now. You never know what's gonna happen. You have to live in the moment. You have to be present. You have to seize the day. And, and and so I decided right after that movie to make my first record. And I did. She decides to to cut a demo. She does it in Spanish. It's called Living Without You. And Sony Music Entertainment Work Group showed interest. But Tommy Mottola was like, I like this, but like English. Yeah. And I feel like that changes a lot for her. You mentioned Anaconda, U-Turn, and then her next big breakout is Out of Sight, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Steven Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. She uh, uh, wins raves for her performance in yeah, that movie. Yeah, Sandra Bullock was supposed to play this part. Yeah, and I love the Steven Soderbergh was like, he hung out with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, and he's like, they have chemistry, but not Elmore Leonard chemistry. And apparently, though, Sandra Bullock was like, I'm not going to go in for you. She wanted an offer. Oh, really? And... And this is what Jennifer Lopez was saying about, like, you have to fucking beat every door down. And so in her mind, when she's, like, at this age, she's like, I fucking swooped in there, turned on my megawatt, like, star power, and showed them, you don't need Sandra Bullock, baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can get Jennifer Lopez. And and she also demanded $5 million for the movie um, because she found out that George Clooney was making $10 million. Yeah. And... Um, here's what the, the article says. She says, I want to make as much or more than Demi Moore when it's my time. I think George Clooney's getting $10 million for this movie. Universal thought they were going to keep me cheap from the beginning, but I kept telling them, my, telling my agent, no, 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 keep asking. When my agent called me saying, what should we say to them? I said, say who's going to break their ass to promote this movie while George is on ER. Say <laughs> Anaconda is now over $100 million worldwide, and why do you think girls between 18 and 25 went to see it more than any other action movies? Because of Ice Cube? <laughs> wow this article is notorious infamous she gets into all sorts of dramatics and it's, it's amazing um but yeah so uh out of sight shit runs raves yeah and it it kind of i think emboldens her because she realizes i fought for this really hard 
And look at me now. Um, and also during this time, uh, I mean, a, a couple years on in 1999, um, she puts out her first single yeah. for her album on the six. And it's the song, If You Had My Love. And it's a bop. It's a bop. I, I completely agree. Um, and she's like putting together on the six. And as she's doing this, um, she tops the Billboard Hot 100. For some reason, Jennifer Lopez seems to occupy, occupy one or two spaces in your brain, which is either like actor, singer. singer yeah. Uh, but n- never the Twix shall meet. Yeah. But she is both. And what's wild is the Twix do meet many times. Oh, absolutely. So in this article, um, our interviewer asks, uh, how does she view women who she's been in contention with roles? Like, say, Salma Hayek, quote, we're in two different realms. She's a sexy bombshell, and those are the kinds of roles she does. I do all kinds of different things. It makes me laugh when she says she got offered Selena, which is an outright lie. If that's what she does to get herself publicity, then that's her thing. Um, Cameron Diaz, a lucky model who's been given a lot of opportunities. Oh my god! I just wish she would have done more with. She's beautiful and has great presence, though. Um, when I saw my best friend's wedding, I thought, when directed, she can be good. Gwyneth Paltrow, tell me what she's been in. I swear to god, I don't remember anything she was in. Claire Danes, a good actress. Her emotional and inner life are available to her, which is a good start. <laughs> but I feel like I see a lot of the same thing every character she does. She's not that way in U-Turn, though. Winona Ryder, I was never a big fan of hers. In Hollywood, she's revered. She gets nominated for Oscars, but I've never heard anyone in public or among my friends say, oh, I love her. She's cute and talented, though. Madonna, this is this is the true fucking amazing quote. Do I think she's a great performer? Yeah. Do I think she's a great actress? No. Acting is what I do. So I'm hard on people when they say, oh, I can do that. I can act. I'm like, hey, don't spit on my craft. <laughs> this is fully when, like, On the Six was just a glimmer in her eye. And I think she fully, I mean, looking at her now, right. it's insane to think that she said all these things where she's like, acting is my craft. You know, this is a young woman. Yeah, this is this is a person who is so confident. Yeah. I, yeah. Um... So, album's a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets invited to the Grammys, February 23rd, 2000, The Dress. Mm. So, this My dress... My God, The Dress. Yeah. It's a green Versace silk chiffon dress. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google it. It basically... If you haven't seen it, you're blind, yeah. okay? <laughs> um, it's basically, like, draped over her and just fastened in the middle. It's like... Yeah, it goes from, like, her neck all the way down to, like, basically below her belly button. And just to cover her, her junk, and then it flows right back out. Absolutely. Um, and also, was she not at the Grammys with P. Diddy at the time? Oh, yes. Uh, her boyfriend at the time was Sean Combs. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the dress, huge controversy. Media was all over it. Um, Invents Google. Yeah. Search. The dress was downloaded from the Grammy website over half a million times within 24 hours of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lopez was like, uh, she didn't think it was going to be such a big deal. Yeah. She basically said, um, yeah. And that, she's like, it's called fashion. Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, she then does the sell. Um, yeah. And like, that's a weirdly like a footnote in her career. And I don't know why the sell is fucking weird. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I saw it in the theater. I'll be honest. I saw it. I love Tarson, the director. She starts recording her second album, um, which was named JLo, mm-hmm. um, something that her fans would often call her. And, um, it's during the the process of the second album that she's like, okay, I'm I'm a musician, I'm an actor, but the thing that I haven't really become yet is a sex symbol. 
she does sexy things out of sight. She's incredibly sexy and shows up to the Grammys in that dress. But really, it's the production album where she's like, no, I'm going to show you what a fucking sex symbol is. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she she starts doing that. And on the reverse, on the reverse side of that, she starts taking acting roles that are less serious. And so within the same year uh, of the second album, she does The Wedding Planner on Matthew McConaughey. It's yeah. her first romantic comedy. Um, and she records the song, um, Love Don't Cost a Thing, which is on the soundtrack, and I yeah. believe also on the album. Yeah. So, great synergy there. Is that not when she had both number one movies and album in the country? Yes. Um, absolutely. Which had only been done ever before by the Beatles, I think. Yeah. So, fuck everyone, okay? <laughs> like, when will your fave? Um, and so... Um, on top of on top of that, she launches uh, J Lo by Jennifer Lopez, and it's her own clothing and accessory company because she quote felt that voluptuous women were almost entirely ignored in the fashion industry. Um, so she, she wanted to create specialized clothing for women of all shapes. She famously has loved her body forever. In this article, she talks a lot about her butt, and again, she's like twenty five ish. She says, "I love my body. I really, really dig my curves." It's all me and men love it. Some guys like skinny girls, but they're missing out. When a dress is on a woman, it shouldn't look like it's on a coat hanger. So many girls here are so thin. In fact, nobody else in Hollywood really has my type of body. My husband calls it la guitarra, like the shape of a guitar, which I love because that was always my ideal woman growing up. Um, Speaking of her butt, since we're talking about that, uh, supposedly, according to TMZ, Sir Mix-a-Lot claims that he wrote Baby Got Back about Jennifer Lopez after watching her as a fly girl on an episode of In Living Color. That's insane. I mean, yeah. he says Oakland fi- face with a... LA-, LA face with an Oakland booty. LA face with Oakland booty. And so he was basically speaking her movie career into power. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Shake, it. shake that healthy butt. Baby got ballet face with the Oakland There you go. <laughs> um, the I don't I don't know. I, that's such a funny little thing that he has said. But uh, I wonder what? if he's just like trying to get like I don't know relevance. <laughs> a- or... Absolutely. I mean, I believe it. No longer with Puff Daddy. Yep. She's now married to Chris Judd, uh, who her second husband. Her second husband. Uh, we'll talk about her first husband. She b- decides to become a restaurant tour. She opens up a restaurant called Madres, and she starts doing the film enough. And she's doing a ton of working out and a ton of like yeah. she's stretching herself really thin. And she has uh, what she refers to as a nervous breakdown. Right. Um, she recalled fe- feeling quote sick and weird, refusing therapeutic help or medication. She confessed quote I was like I don't want to move, I don't want to talk, I don't want to do anything. Except uh, you know, so that's I mean that's. I think she said that, you know, it was, she wasn't sleeping well. Um, I think also she, I mean, her career is, has famously been, um, watched and scrutinized by the media, um, since the beginning, you know, um, from her first marriage to the dress to P. Diddy. Right. There was a whole thing where P. Diddy, like, was in an altercation or like someone got shot or whatever. You know, we haven't even got to Benefer yet and that whole shit. Um, and also enough, it's kind of a spooky spooky movie. Yeah. Um, where she had to like not only get into shape and like punch people and shit, but also like she kind of went through it as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I imagine um, this maybe is a, a little bit of a 
the, we're getting into the kind of very tumultuous media years for her because she's she's been through the ringer. And she does what any normal person does when they're taking on too much. She adds another thing. She releases her first fragrance, Glow, Glow. by J-Lo. Um, everybody's like, this is going to fucking fail. Huge hit. Huge hit. Because she, she just literally... It's like it's the beginning. It, it's the beginning of the celebrity r- perfume renaissance. Right. You know, um, like I mentioned before, she made two billion dollars just on the Glow fragrance line. Um, twenty two thousand two. No longer married to Judd. Yep. Dating Ben Affleck. Releases her next album. This is me. Then, then. <laughs> uh. Most people know the single from this album, Jenny from the Block. Yeah. Um, and and t- most people know the video from that song, where it's basically her and Ben Affleck on a yacht, yeah. dripping in jewels, half naked. Kind of giving you that, like, I'm tired of rumors starting, like, oh, the paparazzi, they're always looking at me and I'm so fucking hot. Then, you know, she does Made in Manhattan. It's It, it does really well for her. Ray Fiennes, of yeah. all people, um, is I, her co-star in that one. I love Made in Manhattan. Actually, I, I liked it a lot, too. I do... I've never seen it before. I do find it really weird that he's a Republican. And, yeah. Because there's that scene where her son, the Tyler Posey of it all. I will say, Tyler Posey's kind of good in it. Yeah. No, he's great in it. And I hate kid actors. Yeah. But uh, I actually thought... Yeah. No, I thought he was actually pretty good. When looking at this and... Wedding, pla- Wedding Planner, I hate. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I cannot. Thank God. I thought people liked that movie. Some people do. That I, movie is wrong. garbage. They're wrong. Matthew- Poor Judy Greer. Judy I know. Judy Greer deserves all the best. In yeah. Um, but J-Lo and Matthew McConaughey do not have chemistry. No, not at all. Um, and it's, whatever that movie's trying to say, it's not happening. No. Made in Manhattan, I think, is like, it's controversial also, just because yeah. she's obviously playing a maid. But, I don't know. The movie has, I feel like, a lot of truth into it. It's like this kind of a modern what? Cinderella thing going well, on. Well, I love the the scene she has with her mom where her mom's like yeah. yelling at her about hard work and she's like, I do hard work. You had to pretend to be somebody else so that he would go out with you? Where is your pride, Marisa? People like you make people like him some kind of god. Why? Because he's rich? He's white? He has things that we don't have that we don't even want to dream about? It must really burn you that I think I have the right to go out with him. You don't. Don't speak to me like that. I am not the one who lost her job today. No, I did. Mm-hmm. I messed up. Okay, it's all my fault. But you know what? It's all right. I'm gonna be fine. Yes, you will, because tomorrow we're going to call Senora Rodriguez. She owes me a favor. She has Look, a... Look, ma, I'm not calling Mrs. Rodriguez, okay? I love you. Okay, I do. But I don't want to clean houses. There's nowhere to go from there. Hasn't this taught you anything, Marisa? Wake up, little girl. You have responsibilities. And they come every month like clockwork. And the other great scene where uh, Ray Fine's character is like, oh, we're going to the Bronx to talk about, to give a speech about, you know, housing development. She's like, um, why don't you go there and spend time with actual residents? Right. And so uh, I I do think that there's some agency in that movie for yeah. her and her coworkers. I, I do think that there's an undercurrent. And I'll probably get to this a little later, but like an undercurrent, there's a political... Um, message to a lot of the projects she chooses. I know a lot of people think because she does a lot of these romantic comedies or a lot of these, you know, sort of situational comedies that she's maybe not that smart. 
But there's a very clear path to her career yeah. that she's clearly guiding. And she's doing it in a really smart way, obviously. Yeah. But uh but anyways, uh she this, then this might be like the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, like could we agree that like, you know Well, because she makes her first big mistake in two thousand three. Yeah. I mean it's it, and it's almost like you know you're at Made in Manhattan Ben Affleck, yeah, you know your three albums in, and you're 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 piping hot. So like, there's literally nowhere to go but down. Um, and so she in 2003, no down does she go? Oh yes, <laughs> 2003 she does Geely <sighs> with Ben Affleck. Um, it's considered one of the worst films of all time. Uh, poor reception was attributed to negative press proceedings release, as well as the media attention surrounding Lopez and Affleck's engagement, which largely overshadowed the film. Yeah, I mean, um, Ben Affleck is in this movie with her. Like, right. This was like the big, like, oh, they're together, they're engaged. They are the, I think they might have been one of the first um, Portamento, like, a couple name yeah. people. I mean, uh, they're no Cash and Carry. Right, but... <laughs> they're no Cash and Carry. Um, but... Uh, so there was a lot of scrutiny like oh they're also making a movie together like what the fuck is this gonna be and sure enough it's hot garbage um and it and it really is um but uh you know she she tries to rebound she starts a second fashion line called sweet face um and I mean, it works. <laughs> it generates over 300 million, making her the 19th richest person under 40 in 2004. Casual. Um, also in 2004, she does a second movie with Ben Affleck. She does Jersey Girl. She's not really in it. And it's funny that, like, that, that really overshadowed everything with their, like, uh, right. after Geely. Right. Um, I've heard the rumor is that she was originally in more of it and they cut her out more. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but I, you know, cause this it, is also what they break up. Right. So it's kind of like this. Jersey Girl was like this afterthought of, you know, and how could it less said. And, it, and it's so funny because they blame, I, I don't think they're wrong, but they blame the press really um, for the, the dissolution of their relationship. They're engaged and they set a date for their wedding and then and it doesn't happens. happen. Yep. And then they split up. This time period right now is kind of like, retreat right she's in triage mode right it's you know if you're that famous um and and famously having a huge breakup and disaster of a movie not even like bad review movie but like yeah like literally an atomic bomb of a film right and so she she's in a couple little things here and there she's in shall we dance um and but it's it's she kind of retreats and it it's not until what like monster in law yeah where, which is a kind of like the first return yeah and that's her big screen like comeback and it's funny we've talked about monster in law on the jane fonda episode yep. it's a terrible movie but terrible but it does well because it's both her and this hollywood luminary icon and she starts to ride that wave and i think she's starting to ride that wave in an attempt towards uh, an award, which she, she never quite gets at. But the next movie she does is An Unfinished Life with Robert Redford and Morgan Freeman. And it's such an Oscar Beatty movie. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of her co-stars, Bart the Bear 2, though, is a great leaning man. Mm, yeah. Mm, such good work. Good bear work. Um, and then she, uh, I've been to that bar, by the way. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the next film she does is Border Town, in which she plays, uh, a journalist who goes, uh, down to Mexico to investigate this rash of, of disappearances of young Mexican workers of the, from this factory. Um, 
And it's, it's a really political movie. Um, it's her and her boss is played by Martin Sheen. Um, so, you know, she's once again got that old Hollywood clout. Yeah. And the movie disappears. Nothing. It goes direct to video in America. It plays con. It's met with booze. Escaped? Think there's anything to it? Who knows? There's nothing but hysteria and rumors. Women are being used for snap films. People are killing women and taking their organs. Serial killers are coming from everywhere. You want to kill a woman for any reason? You come to Juarez. Yeah, but th- is there any evidence to support any of these theories? Yes, of course. There is evidence to support all of them. They may all be true. <laughs> Lauren. The number of women killed is not 375. It's just the number the police can't cover up. But the real number is probably closer to 5,000. 5,000. It's it's really around this time where I think she's lost. Yeah. And I think it's also around this time where people really were like, she's kind of like a diva. We don't, you know. Right. All these... The, the, the Jennifer Lopez from the article you've been reading about, the, the like, young 20-something, mid-20-something Jennifer Lopez becomes the reputation that she yeah. has. She, she starts getting this reputation, which is, I think, unfair. I mean, certainly, like, she's making demands for X, Y, and Z. Fine. But also, I, I read this big story of the New York Times about her, and she was like, listen, I make so much fucking money. Right. Like, I know what I'm worth. Um, and she's demanding that people respect her career and, and what she's giving out. Um, it's also around this time where she's um, starts, she kind of retreats also making t- um, Spanish language music. Yeah. Because I think she's also at the time, like, I want to prove to people that I can see, actually sing. Well, but then her love life starts to rebound and yeah. she marries Mark Anthony. He's a famous singer, just yeah. like her. Yeah. You know, he I feel has. Like they might have known each other. I, d- I don't they... know, but I mean, if they. They have such an interesting relationship because they were such, like, business partners. Right. You know? Um, but they do a movie together. Yes. Uh,. Uh, which, which I think is another big Oscar uh, yeah. swing for them both. Um, it's called El Cantante, and it's based off of the the life of late salsa singer Hector Laveau. And what's funny is she says, yeah. um, I feel like I had that Oscar-worthy role in El Cantante, but I don't think the Academy members saw it. Yeah. Um, it did not perform well at the box office. It made just $7.6 uh, million. Uh, but she did do some Spanish-language music on the on the soundtrack. Yeah, again, this is also just part of her, like, all of what's happening right now is kind of like, she she doesn't have the capital that she used to have, Um, all of her kind of singles and albums are kind of like, meh, all these movies are met with, meh, no one just cares about Jennifer Lopez anymore at this point. Um, And so really, her big reinvention comes from television. Yeah, in 2010. She has, like, these like quadrant um like full court press she has yeah. the backup plan is the movie coming out she's got an album out coming up soon also and most importantly she's judging on american idol yes and i do want to just backtrack just a very uh small bit just to say an important life thing happens which she has twins with mark anthony right as well um and that's what really keeps her out of out of work for a little bit too but when she comes back she comes back strong as you mentioned she does uh Two seasons of American Idol. Um, she said she did that because it was it was easy for her to stay at home and yeah. be with her kids. You know? uh, which is, I think, smart. When people do stuff like that, like, I, I don't know. I, th- I think people act like that's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, Regina King. When we talked about Regina King, yeah. she was like, I did TV so I could raise my son. Yeah. 
And, like, obviously, this is something that we basically only talk about when we're doing female subjects. Right. But but it is, I don't know, it's it's commendable. Yeah, I think also Jennifer Lopez, something like American Idol, obviously they're allegedly voting on voice, whatever. Yeah. But a lot of it is you have that star power, and Jennifer Lopez clearly does. She has it in spades. Absolutely. It's around this time she... um, she finds her production company, New Yorkian Productions. Um, and so she, she signs a deal with Neuro TV, uh, to, to, um, develop some shows. Uh, but one of the things that really comes, one of the fortuitous things that really comes from that is she signs on to executive produce the television series, The Fosters, yeah. uh, an ABC family show that started in 2013. Inspired by her gay aunt who had recently died. Oh, yes. Lopez signed on as executive producer for The Fosters. The Fosters ran forever. It did. And I've never seen it, but I've only heard good things. And I've heard good things from people I would never have expected to watch a TV show. Yeah, my older sister, who lives in the middle of Georgia, she loves The Fosters. (laughs) She starts touring again. Uh, She does the Dance Again World Tour, which lasts for a very long time. Um, And then she comes out with her eighth studio album, AKA. She also becomes an author. Uh, She writes her first book, True Love, which ends up becoming a New York Times bestseller. She also does the um, anthem for the World Cup. Oh, that's in, right. In Brazil. Uh, I, think, I think it's this time, you know, uh, she's less becoming known for her, like, singles. I mean, she's steadily putting out music. Yeah. She's putting out, like, little pieces of movies here and there. But she, I think this is when she's, like, realizing, I'm a brand. Yeah. I'm a brand, and I can go anywhere around the world, and people know who I am. People will dance, because they know Jennifer Lopez is a dancer, performer, entertain her <laughs> now uh and you're right about the the film portion um you know she does the boy next door which critically is a flop but ends up being you know her most successful opening since monster in law and she in, in new york and productions this was her first movie that they did yeah um, so it was a big boost that she's like oh fuck i can just make my own movies <laughs> okay uh, um she also does a voice in the in the dreamworks film home and she does Lila and Eve with Viola Davis, which we, like, crapped on on yeah. our Viola Davis episode. Yeah. Um, Truly a trash movie. Um, and But also, you know, in a way to be relevant, she continues to stay on television. Yeah. She starts doing uh, the TV show Shades of Blue, in which she plays a cop investigating other cops in her force. Uh, and that lasts for three seasons, yeah. and it's a, not a low-profile show. I yeah. mean, Ray Liotta's her co-star. Also uh, produced by her production company. Yeah, and and it's a huge thing for her. She takes up a residency in 2015 yep. in Las Vegas. It's a very share move. Um, it just recently ended in 2018. Um, once again, hugely lucrative. Gangbusters. Uh, uh, it had grossed over $100 million in ticket sales during its three-year run. And it just keeps going. You know, she World of Dance... Which she also executive produces comes out, um, and it's I think it's in its second or third season now. Yeah, um, it, it, and and the music also and the uh, singles just keep dropping. Her and fucking Pitbull. I don't know how many singles there are, but there are plenty. And also, if you're worried about her money content, <laughs> from June 2016 to June 2017, Forbes listed her as the 11th highest paid female celebrity. I mean, it's insane. She, I mean, she, as you mentioned, she's a brand. Yeah. Um, 
in December of 2018, just this past year, uh, she came out with her latest film, Second Act, yeah. uh, directed by Peter Sagal. Um, but she also produced the film and she recorded the song Limitless for the soundtrack. Yeah, and th- that, again, also her production company made that. Um, it's funny, in that New York Times article, they talk about uh, she's now dating slash engaged to um, Alexander Rodriguez. That's true. And he um, has some sort of business degree or whatever. And apparently he told her, um, really be narrower with it, what you do and wh- what you do do, make sure you own it. And so, uh, second act, uh, was kind of this return to film for her, uh, kind of an interesting role, I think, because it's solely about this woman trying to, you know, figure things out in her life. Yeah. I, I liked second act and I, I don't know if we're really going to talk about it later. So I want to get it out real quick. Um, the, uh, Nell Minow, who's a critic who I'm just going to fucking call out by name, Do it. wrote this thing about how the movie was anti-education and more like pro street smarts. And like, even though there's characters in it about that, sh- that she's constantly telling they need to go to college. It's really like a bad message to send out. Fuck that. This movie, if anything, is a movie about how we need to make education more accessible to people of color, to women, and to the less fortunate. Yeah. Because she is all three in the film, and it's not because she didn't want to go to school. She wants these higher opportunities. And she, yes, she gets them in a, like a a devious way because she lies her way into a job, but in the end she comes clean and it's it's not it's literally not about the fact that she's uneducated it's that she didn't get the opportunities to prove yeah. her intelligence and also also though it speaks a lot to you know anyone can go get a fucking degree doesn't right. make you smart right it doesn't make you smart or doesn't make you um more useful right. in society and if anything that's the better message like just because you have a degree or whatever does not make you better than anyone fucking else absolutely I put 15 years of my life into the store and after becoming assistant manager six years ago sales have increased at a record pace I mean no disrespect but what do you know about this store the people who shop here I specialize in team building Arthur got his MBA from Duke I think you'll find he's the best man for the job no sir I am where did you go to college dear I have my GED I respect that, I do. But we have minimum job requirements in place for a reason. And what is that reason? I want you to know how much we value you and your loyalty. And I, I don't know, I read that review and I was I was so frustrated by that because I, I, I was like, did we watch the same movie? I, I ended up liking Second yeah, Act. I like the movie. I, it was cute. It's, yeah, it's a cute movie. Um, honestly, just go see it so you can see her and Leah Remini just like... Oh my God, Leah, yeah. I, I will admit she she is very good at ending up in films with with very funny supporting players. I already mentioned Judy Greer yeah. in The Wedding Planner, um, and obviously Leah Remini in, in this movie so so they are they are actual just like New York girl best friends, and I could watch them just cut up all day. And also uh, Vanessa Hutchins, and this may be a controversial opinion, is the only person allowed to wear a beret. Ever again. Wow. Yeah. It's her, crazy. Her and Valentina. Her and Valentina. Yes, yeah. correct. Those are the two. Starring in Rent. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Weird. Um, wait. Wait. <laughs> I just opened up like a fucking portal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god, they're here. Ah! Um, she also announced uh, in February of this year, 2019, 
uh, that she's going on her first concert tour in almost seven years. It's to celebrate her 50th birthday because God. you can do that when you're rich. Yeah. And it's called It's My Party, the live celebration. Love that. Um, it's going to start in June and July. Let's talk just a very briefly about her personal life. Um, she's been married thrice. Yep. She's been engaged five times. Uh-huh. Um, she's engaged now. Yeah, she's engaged now. We mentioned to A-Rod. Um, Am, so, I, just, am I allowed to call on that? I don't do sports, but I just you, know that's it. You can. <laughs> They're just two casual rich New Yorkers who found each other. In 97, she married Cuban waiter Ohani Noah. Uh, marriage was brief, uh, but in 2006, she sued him to prevent him from publishing a book about their marriage, yeah. contending that it violated their confidentiality agreement. Following year, a court-appointed arbitrator issued a permanent injunction forbidding Noah from criticizing, denigrating, casting in a negative light, or otherwise disparaging Lopez. She was awarded $545,000 in compensatory damages, and Noah was ordered to hand over all copies of materials related to the book to Lopez or her attorney. A lawsuit regarding a compromising private honeymoon video in Noah's possession is presently running. He seems like a class act. Other high profile after that, she, you know, she's with Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever you want to call him. Um... She leaves. She leaves him, and she starts dating former backup dancer Chris Judd. They're married for like a solid eight months from September twenty. They're married for the June. like making the video of my love don't cost a thing <laughs> exactly. Um, and then she starts dating Ben Affleck the same year that she she divorces Chris Judd two thousand two. Uh, they break up in two thousand three, citing media's interference. Um, and then in two thousand four, her and Mark Anthony, who are longtime friends, uh, as you mentioned before. Uh, they end up getting married, um, having kids, having kids. They have twins, but also birth like a million businesses. Oh, absolutely. Like she, we also didn't mention she like owns a fucking like cable network. Um, they were making like a Latin America versions of the voice and shit. Like, yeah, they are doing all sorts of things, selling clothes at Kohl's. And, and, you know, in 2012, they filed for divorce, and uh, it's finalized in 2014. But I think they're still good friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, they have children together. You know, she retains primary custody, but obviously it's uh, still within her life. And, uh, you know, she's she started in the business young. There's been a lot of Me Too talk. She admitted in March of 2018 that uh, she was asked early on in her career to show her breasts to her director, and she turned them down. Um, but still, like, obviously... If you're a fucking weirdo creep guy, stop doing that yeah. stuff. In that article, they ask her what's one thing every actress in Hollywood should have or sh- shouldn't be without. And it says uh, she deadpans Mace. Yeah. The- she's given more money to Puerto Rico than yeah. the U.S. government has, okay? Um, you know, she's participated in charitable songs like What's Going On in El Último Adios, um, which benefited people affected by tragedy. She's worked for Amnesty International. Uh, she created the Lopez Family Foundation, which was originally known as the Maribel Foundation, alongside her sister Lydia, um, which is an organization which seeks to increase availability of health care for underprivileged women and children, uh, which is amazing. The list really goes on and on. As you mentioned, so much money for Puerto Rico. And then she's also been a huge LGBT rights uh, activist. Absolutely. She's raised millions of dollars for HIV AIDS research. It's so much money that she has given charity. And I don't know, I, I say this every episode when I bring up the charity, but I think it's important to highlight this because oftentimes all you hear about celebrities, especially somebody like Jennifer Lopez, is the negative stuff because that's what sells papers, it gets clicks, you know, and I think she's done a lot of good in this world 
in comparison to how many times she wore a dress to the Grammys. Right. At the top, I mentioned she's never been nominated for an Oscar, but don't be too sad for her. In her career, in her short career nonetheless, she has garnered 121 award wins from various, from everything from the MTV Video Awards, Golden Globes, and she's been nominated for over 326 awards. Casual. So, she's alright. She's alright. Yeah. Jennifer, I must say, I resisted for a long time because I do think my brain, in my brain, she sort of occupies that sort of icon entertainer space where I don't, I don't think of her as like a a working actor, even though there's a bunch of her films I do actually like. Um, but I don't know. I gained, I gained a lot of respect for her this, this week. Yeah. I think, and some, another part of me is like, you know, yeah, she is an icon entertainer. And it takes a very hard worker to be that, you know, like there are a lot of actresses out there who are probably at the same level as Jennifer Lopez in skill, but they're nowhere near as revered or adored as, or, you know, she truly has it all. Yeah. You know, how I I literally cannot think of someone else who has the same, same magnitude of what she's doing. Like, I don't know, like Ricky Martin sometimes acts now. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's not quite the same. Not thing, quite um, the same thing. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to think. Like, are there any other actresses who are singing and acting, and also global sensations? Right. I don't. I can't name one. Someone, please let me know. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I think this is a good time since we're busy praising her mm-hmm. and she's great that we move into our five star reviews. Ooh, five star reviews first. Yeah, we haven't done it in a while. Okay, yeah. I have a sneaky feeling that we're both going to have the same answers for both of these. Oh, okay. Uh, I may have picked um, some backup plans. Backup plans? I mean, yeah, I have backup plans too, but I'm going to be true to my heart. Okay, do it. A five-star review has to be Selena. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. That's really great. There's no question. I actually knew, I mean, I knew going in that this was going to be your five-star review, but, like, as soon as we picked it, but I I really want to hear you talk about it because it's, it's great. And it's hard. I mean, it's genuinely hard to to think of a better performance from her. Yeah, and I, I mean, I clearly have a personal connection to the Selena Quintanilla, the singer. But even the movie, the movie just like solidified everything. Um, so Selena was made in nineteen ninety seven, um, written and directed by Gregory Nava, who I really love. If you haven't seen uh, My Family or Mi Familia, um, it's really really good, um, and. It's funny, this movie was made as a preemptive strike by the family yeah. to make sure no other biopics out there got made unauthorized. I mean, which is crazy, because by the time that they got the movie made, there'd already been two unauthorized documentaries, there'd already been articles and books. You yeah. know, the movie was made only two years after her death, but yeah. still. It was... Right, I mean, it was such a huge story, and people just could not believe the story of, you know... Selena was 23 when she died... Um, which is insane. And the amount of, uh, her, her story arc is truly is some, is incredible. Um, so just if you don't know, so Selena is a biopic of Selena Quintinia, who is known as the Queen of Tejano music. Um, she was a Mexican American, uh, singer from Corpus Christi, Texas. And, um, her father, Abraham, was an aspiring singer when he was a youth. Um, and he was told that, you know, he was not Mexican enough for Mexican crowds, not right. white enough for white crowds. Um, and so 
flash forward to him has he has three kids and he hears young Selena singing and wants to um, create a band, kind of like wish fulfillment for his dreams. Right into his kids, Selena's like, "But Dad, I don't know Spanish." Right. What I will say about this movie is Jennifer Lopez gets the Southern Texas accent down, <laughs> like which is, is crazy because she's a Puerto Rican from the Bronx. Yeah, it's she's it's, still Jenny from the Block. She is still Jenny from the Block, but it's very specific in the sense that. When I think of Texas accents, that's what I think of. You know, it's not like super exaggerated. It's just kind of right. like a little like flowery um, lilt. Um, and she and she gets it down. I mean, it's insane. Like we said, she auditioned with 22,000 other um, women. Yeah. Um, and and it's amazing. Just a sidebar, not even commenting on performance. Um, Jennifer Lopez does not look like Selena. Yeah. But they made her look like Selena yeah. in this movie. Yeah. There are times where it's... It's uncanny. It's uncanny. Yeah, absolutely. It really is uncanny. Um, back to the plot. She's, you know, 18, 17. Right. And she has amassed this huge following in greater Texas. Um, that's probably about the time when I saw her. And um, literally on, like, the festival circuit. <laughs> um, and she's known as this, like, the... She's of the people. For the people. Um Gets nominated for a Grammy. She starts a fashion line. Gets married to... Um, a guitarist that they hire, um, who her father does not want her to marry. I know. She wears a bustigaca. Yes. Very... Oh my God. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where the father, when he first sees it and he's like, she can't wear that. It's yeah. a bra. And the mom's just sitting there like mixing and she's like, uh, I think it looks cute. Yeah. She's like, it's a bustier. Yeah. <laughs> I think she looks cute. Uh, it, it's, it's, in the movie, um, it has a lot of, I think, um, references to uh, music videos of the time, specifically to like the Hana music videos. There's the scene where she's in Mexico playing. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, like, there's some split screens happening in the sun. You see the huge crowd. And it reminds me a lot of, I remember when I was a kid watching the Hana music videos. Um, and they would do that. And so it's Gregory Nava is like injecting this Which I like, love. spiritual kind yeah. of connection to our community. Um, and, and really giving that vibe because the movie doesn't really look like every movie, you know, it has and, a and, very specific look and, and feel. I, and I will say this, and, and this is not really an insult to the movie because I actually really like the movie and I, I do think the movie is really well done. It has a very soft feel to it. I think that soft feel is oftentimes associated more with like a TV movie, um, which is an interesting choice. But I also, I hadn't thought about that because I don't have the background that you have. I hadn't thought about that connection. Yeah. And I do think part of it in my brain comes from that. Whereas I think, I mean, it's clearly a stylistic choice, but right. I hadn't put that together. Yeah. Some questionable wigs in the movie too. <laughs> Just going to say that. Constance Marie. I yeah. mean, like <laughs> Jennifer Lopez's mom is played by Constance Marie, who's right. like maybe six years older than her. Yeah. Um, also, the like the I think the first time you see J Lo as Selena before she gets the sort of like iconic Selena mm -hmm. hair, the she has like a she has like a small bob. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like wig work. Yeah, I was like famous. Got to get a lace front, girl. Famously, uh, Gregory Nava got the movie was made on fourteen million dollars. Yeah, he had never had that much money before, which is still a very modest budget. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's how he was able to pay Jennifer Lopez a million dollars. Right. That was how he was able to recreate the entire scene at the Houston Astrodome, um, which was actually at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio that they did. But oh. they got 35,000 fans to come yeah. out 
um, and recreate her last concert, which was huge. And I remember all these events. I didn't go to any of them, but this was like a catharsis for the community to come out and mourn this singer who they felt so connected to. I guess I keep forgetting to finish what happens in the movie. Basically, the president of her fan club murders her. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting about that, though? And, and in a way, it's it's nice that you forget what happens. Because the whole intention of the movie is yeah. not to not to focus on her death, but to celebrate her life. Absolutely. And that was one of the reasons why they preemptively wanted to make it. Was so the focus wouldn't be about the death. Yeah. It would be the celebration of this woman's yeah, life. Yeah, there's nothing salacious or romanticized about um, Yolanda. Um, and it's such a small part. And I think it was such a beautiful way that they did yeah. it. She's, she's really not introduced until like the last half an hour. Yeah. And she, you know, she's won her Grammy. She's shitting on bitches at the mall. Yeah. Um, she's married. She's talking about wanting to have kids. John Seda, too, oh, by the way, looking God. great. She teaches him to dance yeah. to Depeche Mode. Remember when we saw him in I Like It Like That? Yeah. 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 He's a good reoccurring. Theme. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and um there's kind of this dream sequence where she's in a beautiful dress and she's singing I Could Fall in Love. And literally, I'm, I love that song so much. I'm ready to keep going with a song and the music just stops. Yeah. And she drops the flower. And that's just, you know, Yolanda's shot her. Um And the movie kind of wraps up really quickly after that. It really know? does. It, I, I didn't forgotten how sudden it ends. They, they but at that you... point, it also, once again, two years after the event that happened, everybody knew what happened. Yeah, so everyone like... knew. And it was national. And people, I would, I would say a majority of her current fans found her after she had died. Yeah. Um, just because that put her on a national stage for, you know, the awful tragedy of the news. Um, but I think this, like, the casting was perfect. Um, you know, um, who plays her dad? It's Edward Edward James. Yeah, Edward James almost. Yeah. So scary, but like such a, a, a powerful presence and a loving father. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love the fact that they also don't really sugarcoat the idea that like he pushed her into it. Obviously it was yeah. something she didn't hate, but like he got lucky on that one. Yeah. And he did not get along with her husband. This is so many parts of that movie that are so iconic. I mean, there's the conversation where they're, She's begging for, like, let's go to Mexico. We can sell out. And he's like, you need to know Oprah and Cristina. They want us to play Mexico? Dad, a gig in Monterrey, Mexico. Dad, that would be so cool. I'm not sure of that right now. Come on, Dad. Hey, Dad, you always said everything's a risk, right? They don't accept us with it. They never have. Hello, we're Mexican. No, we are Mexican-American, and they don't like Mexican-Americans. And they can be mean, and they can tear us apart over there. Selena Spanish is... What about my Spanish? I've been singing in Spanish for 10 years. It's perfect. Singing, yes. But when you speak it, you speak it a little funny. And down there, you got to speak perfectly or the press will eat you up and spit you out alive. I've seen them do it. Overreacting is usual. Dad, the music will speak for itself, Dad. Listen, being Mexican-American is tough. Anglos jump all over you if you don't speak English perfectly. Mexicans jump all over you if you don't speak Spanish perfectly. We've got to be twice as perfect as anybody else. (laughs) And she goes, and they ask her how she's feeling, and she says, "Me siento muy excited." Um, but that just like showed you the charm that Selena had, and that Jennifer Lopez was able to harness. Because you fucking believe it, she's amazing in it. She truly is. And my little sister said, "If Rami Malek can get a fucking Oscar for yeah. playing Freddie Mercury, yes, oh my god, I'm just saying." So. I actually, I actually agree with you about Selena. So, like, I almost feel bad. So, I'll be real quick about mine. If I had to pick a backup, so I'm just going to do it. Uh, 
it's out of sight, which is funny because basically, same like, two, yeah, same time period, yeah. two, two years later, out of sight, she plays Karen Sisko, uh, who's a federal marshal and she's gunning for, um, George, uh, Clooney. George Clooney. She basically gets kidnapped by him as he's trying to escape prison. His goal is to rob an old man's house full of diamonds. Um, and she's basically trying to take him down and they have like a, a love, yeah. um, just like a tension. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know. The, the difference between the two performances too, between Selena, where she's like this sort of, you know, sweet, almost virginal, I want to say. Like she's this, she's this, yeah, like, she, they, she angelic really, quality. Yeah, and, I mean, she really played her as like this, like untouched, um, talent that was like sprouting up into, um, uh, life. Um, and then in this movie, she's, hard and but sexy yeah. she's like world weary and she has so much fucking chemistry with yeah. uh george clooney and i kind of love that they cast her so young because i karen cisco is very much an old soul i mean she clearly has this relationship with her father so she kind of has to be a younger person um a, like a very like he's a retired cop and so like yeah. they have a mentor mentee relationship but i i don't know it, she's like she's like playing above her experience and i i kind of love that about her in the film she's also so so funny there's yeah. a scene where she accidentally where she sees him in an apartment building as the police are trying to and she like almost waves yeah 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 <laughs> and, and george Clooney just kind of always like closes elevator yeah um the movie's great the movie's great and there is so much tension apparently her audition for the movie was the trunk scene um there's this mm, the mm, very long mm. trunk scene with her and george Clooney. oh you mean the sexiest scene ever <laughs> yeah where they're pressed up against each other they had to do it on a couch in front of Steven Soderbergh. Um, and what's funny is it ended up being the scene that it took them the most time to film. They shot something like 40 times. And then the version that's in the movie is none of those takes. They had to reshoot it because test audiences hated that it was one unbroken take. Womp womp. So, yeah. So they, so they definitely had some, some, but I would say the hottest scene for me in the movie is right. There's a sex scene in the movie, which is not exploitative at all. Mm-hmm. Like she's much more exploited in the, in the money train sex scene, which oh, she God. did before Selena. Uh, but, um, uh, there's a, a scene where they meet each other at a restaurant and the, the tension yeah. between them is so, it's um, like that is like sh- simmering both. Yeah. And both of them are playing like, at, they both know they're fucking hot. Yeah. And they both are like, no. No. But no. Yeah. <laughs> but come upstairs, but no. no. I like your hair. I like your outfit. But actually, this is my second favorite outfit. I had a first favorite, but it got ruined and oh, I had to get rid of it. You did? It smelled. Really? Having it clean didn't help? No. <laughs> so tell me, Gary, what do you do for How a living? How far do you want to go with this? <sighs> Not yet. Don't say anything yet. I don't think it works for somebody else. You know, Gary and Celeste, what do they know about anything? Well, this is your game I've never played before. It's not a game. It's not something you play. Well, does this make any sense to you? It doesn't have to. It's something that happens. It's like seeing someone for the first time. Like You could be passing on the street and, and you look at each other and for a few seconds there's this kind of a, a recognition. Like you both know something. The next moment the person's gone. And, and it's too late to do anything about it. And you always remember it because it was there and you let it go. And you think to yourself, what if I had stopped? What if I had said something? What if? What if? It may only happen a few times in your life. But Selena, really, I mean... I mean these are both hard. in 1997. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to, to find 
better performance, especially from someone so young. Yeah, and also, I mean, I didn't even mention Selena is such a physical performance. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the side by sides of her dancing and all the like little ticks, yeah, and the emotion on her face, um, and she's lip syncing this entire time. Yeah, she sings three words in the entire movie, and it's when um the big Mexico crowd scene, and she says, "We're gonna do Como la Flor, but really slow." And those are the only three words that she sings. Everything else is lip singing. And which she's is, so Which good. is so crazy because if you listen to it, it and like knowing what Jennifer Lopez's voice sounds like yeah. now that she is this famous singer as well, it sounds like her. And it's, I mean, but she's so good at it. She's, you know, I, Julianne Moore, you should have asked her when Hello? you did Bel Canto. Should have asked Jennifer her. Lopez and Bel Canto. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Um, so yeah, so... I think that's that's really good for five-star reviews. Was there anything else that you saw that particularly stood out to you? Um, all I'm going to say is that Made in Manhattan Made is, in Manhattan's great. is better than we remember and um, uh, is the superior romantic comedy of what she has done. Yeah. I uh, I also, and I mentioned it before, but uh, second act, uh, I was a little shocked by how much I ended up liking it because um, mm-hmm. I had already mentally written it off as like some dumb yeah. comedy and there's moments i mean there's like a really dumb thing where she like trips over something and yeah, obviously yeah. it's just playing up that whole physical uh jennifer lopez thing but uh by the way that grocery store they i've been in that grocery store no way yeah they shot it in the um in the food bazaar in long island city mm-hmm. and dan and i went there to like stock up on supplies for eurovision and you know what's even funnier because it's a, it's a 24-hour supermarket that never closes wow. they couldn't shut it down for for shooting not even so, for jennifer lopez no. so it was an actively open supermarket amazing. the entire time they were shooting amazing um but yeah like i said also i did really like angel eyes yes um i think her and jim cavizio play really like damaged people who are kind and of that, wanting each other that is one of the few movies that when you look at her career, I also think kind of feels like an outlier. You wonder what really attracted her to that script. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just a really interesting, strange well, piece. It, it It's like that and the cell. Yeah. Like she was making some very interesting choices. Yeah. Where I feel like more interesting than some of the recent choices. Yeah, for sure. And I think th- she was being more brave then. And yeah. I think at the time she was like, I don't want to just play quote unquote, Latina characters and she's like I want to play all the characters um also side note I really hate the thing when her parents are fucking Italian or something yeah I will say the one negative of Out of Sight the one thing that would have kept it had you not picked Selena and I would have had to pick Selena is that she's playing Italian yeah there she's all... you're not Italian girl it's like in Angel Eyes she has um a Hispanic mom and a white dad I think yeah um which at least makes sense yeah. which makes sense yeah yeah but there are a lot of movies where I'm like why are your parents white? Yeah. Why are your parents anything? The, the but... wedding, the wedding planner is a huge culprit of yes! that. Um, and yes, yeah, but yeah, I don't understand why a lot she of... it's the, it's the Jessica Alba syndrome where yeah. it's like, just be honest. Just you know? take off those blue contacts, girl. Yeah, exactly. Just make her fucking parents Latina. Right. Her, her mom in, um, uh, made in Manhattan. A Latina. Yeah. You know, and there's no problem with it. Like it, it makes, makes sense. sense. Anyways, let's move in to our one star reviews. There's just no other answer. It's it's Geely. It's Geely. Um, I I will say this. She, if we're talking about performances, is not the worst thing in the movie. But she is saddled with at least four ridiculously terrible monologues. They're almost like fucking soliloquies. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. She's delivering them 
she's doing a fine job delivering them, but they're so bad that it's hard to weigh that performance against the literal garbage is just coming out of her mouth. It's, I, I had never seen it. I had never seen it either. Um, just because, why? Yeah. Um, it's worse than you even think it could be. Yeah. It's insane. I, it's, it's truly insane. I went into it with the thought process that, like, this, there's no way the reputation of this movie could be as bad. Could be as bad. It's worse. It's somehow worse. Yeah. Um, it's offensive. It's offensive on many levels. Yeah. She plays a lesbian, um, I guess. Right. But mostly, it's, I mean, what the fuck is up with Ben Affleck and playing these movies where he just really wants to bang lesbians? Yeah, I don't know. But this one's even more offensive. Because, <laughs> because at least, and we talked about Chasing Amy in our Queer Cinema episode, but at least that movie, without using any sort of proper terminology, opens up the idea that Joey Lord and Adam's character in that movie is somewhere else on the spectrum. Be she bi yeah, or yeah, pan, yeah. but she's identifying as a lesbian because it's making her life easier. This movie, no. No. This movie, clearly, she's just like, maybe I'll turn for you. Like, whatever. Right. This movie is, Ben Affleck is a hitman. Um, he has a job to do. Yeah. And for some he's reason... Playing, he's playing a tough guy. He's doing the Italian, it's, like... It's awful. It's so bad. Jennifer Lopez is playing a hitman who's looking out after him to make sure he gets the job done. Right, because he's a fuck-up. Because he's a fuck-up. Um, and... I couldn't tell you what the job is, but they essentially kidnap a brother of a DA, yeah. I believe. Um, the brother is played by that guy from National Treasure. Um, he's cute. Justin Bartha. Justin Bartha. Justin Bartha's playing a, 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 a man with disabilities, but the movie is not clear no. by any means it's... as to what challenge this person has. It's basically like Martin Brest, who wrote and directed this movie, was like, had the most generic concept it's of like what somebody saw... with disabilities. He saw I Am Sam. Right. Okay. Like, and that's, and, and you know, you know what makes this worse? He worked in a hospital. For people yeah. with disabilities. It's, and that's what inspired him for this. It's it's really icky to watch on that by itself. Yeah. Seeing if if I had this in my career, I would wonder how I got any work afterward. Like the, the performance and the way it's scripted is jokes. so insulting. It's jokes. I I mean, and not even and I I'm not turning this into a situation where like like I know that but like I have people with disabilities in my life that I've interacted with from the time I was born. And to watch this version of it on screen is aggravates me to my core because yeah. it, it like disgusts me they're, that it, it's all, it's all jokes it for, and it's not, they're all playing it for laughs. See, yeah. Every, uh, any of the uh, humor that they're trying to wring out of this movie is coming from this character and like Ben Affleck saying him like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, and yeah, and really grotesque, awful ways. And Jennifer Lopez's character is supposed to be like, hey, no, he's fine. Like, she's supposed to like be teaching Ben Affleck something about, you know, caring for human beings. Um, yeah, empathy. She's basically to teach him basic empathy. I mean, it's that, but then she's also teaching him about like, one of those awful monologues she gives when she's like working out, wearing nothing. Right. And she's like talking about like, well, don't you love the taste of women's lips? The penis is like some sort of bizarre sea slug or like a really long toe. I mean, it's handy, important even, but the pinnacle of sexual design, the top of the list of erotic destinations, I don't think so. 
One's first impulse is to kiss. What? To kiss the lips. Firm, delicious lips, sweet lips. Surrounding a warm, moist, dizzyingly scented mouth. That's what everyone wants to kiss. Not a toe, not a sea slug, a mouth. And why do you think that is, stupid? Because the mouth is the twin sister, the almost exact look-alike of the what? The mouth is the twin sister of the vagina. Yeah, and she's like basically groping herself, showing off her body to him. And she's like, well, that's why I love women. Right. And I remember watching it. I was like, I cannot believe <laughs> what I am watching. It was, it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying because they make her say that entire monologue about like why she loves women and their bodies. And at the end, she's like, I can't say we'll be together forever, but I'm willing to give you a try for some reason. Like, they don't yeah. even... But there, there's, there is nothing, you know, it's bad when a, when a couple gets together on screen and you realize that they don't have it. And we talk about chemistry a lot, but like, in this movie, there is nothing cute or flirtatious about the no. relationship. And he says some of the most gross homophobic stuff. And it's, it's not even that he wears her down, which is the crazy part. It's literally like she just decides, you can fuck me. Yeah. The only positive thing is that Martin Bress had such a bad time uh, with it because of the reaction to it that he retired from directing. And you know what I say? Good. Bye, bitch. Bye. And I will say this. He voluntarily retired. Had a woman directed this movie, yeah. she would have been driven out of Hollywood with pitchforks and torches. Yeah. But also, a woman would never have made this movie. Also true. I was going to pick something else in case you picked this, but you know what? Talking about Geely has really exercised in demons for me. So I'm also going to say it's my one-star review. But was there anything else that you saw that you didn't particularly like? Um, well, I've already talked about The Wedding Planner, which yes. is very, very bad. Um, my other pick was going to be 2010's The Backup Plan, which is a movie I fully hated. I think there's... More than not, it's not necessarily terrible performances as much as bad movies that she's in. I mean, I think I mean, Unfinished I mean, Life is not good. Yeah. Border Town isn't good. It's a movie firmly with its heart in the right place, but it's not good. There are already two movies in her filmography that have been my one-star reviews for other people. Yes. There's Lila and Eve. Yeah, which, which is bad. Which is very bad for Viola Davis's um episode. Uh, Monster-in-Law for Jane Fonda's episode. Um, so a lot of things that JLo has been a part of that are just not good. Right. Like I said, she has had plenty of clunkers. Yes. But, um, God, I still love her. Uh, before we get into our fast forward real quick, uh, let's do our mixed reviews review. Yeah. My, uh, five-star review was 1997 Selena. And my five-star review is 1998's Out of Sight, but also an agreement about Selena. <laughs> um, and my one-star, or both of our one-star reviews was um, 2003's Gigli. Oh, Gigli. Jiggly, giggly. <laughs> this, How many times can we make a joke out of his last name that's not even funny to begin with? This Jiggly is not Caliente. <laughs> no. May I call you Jiggly? <laughs> So now we're in our fast forward. Uh, 
we already know what's next for Jennifer Lopez yeah. in terms of big screen. She has a movie coming out in 2020 called Hustlers. Yeah. Uh, this movie literally stars everybody and their brother. And uh, thank the Lord. And it's like uh, hot ladies. Yeah. Um, Cardi B's in it, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Making her film debut. Um, and uh, Constance Wu, Lily Reinhart, Julia Stiles, Kiki Palmer, Mercedes Rule, Trace Lissette, Met Towley, Madeline Brewer, and Frank Whaley. Um, it's produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, um, and, but it is being directed by a woman, uh, Laureen Scarafia. Um, yeah, so it's essentially a movie about uh, a group of strippers who decide to start robbing their uh, high-priced uh, clients. clients and giving to themselves. It's the tale as old as time. It's Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood, Robin Hood of strippers. And yeah. honestly, I can't wait. Yeah, me either. This I, is what we need. Um, Thriving. Careers are thriving. She's also, as you mentioned before, she still has World of Dance. I think she's very selective now. I, yeah. She's going on this big world tour. She's getting married. It's it's exactly the thing that you said about A-Rod, uh, a sort of telling her that she needs to narrow her focus. Exactly. Because, and make sure she owns it. Yeah, know? Hustlers um, is being produced by her production company as well. And I think she's just being very smart. If you look up, just Google New York Times and Jennifer Lopez, and um, when Second Act came out, they were like, this truly is... I mean, I would think this is her second act per se, but yeah. this is like, not even the sequel, this is, you know, round three for Jennifer Lopez, and this is truly like the boss bitch phase, where she is only going to do things that A, she can own and do herself, and B, that she really has her heart in, um, because I think she kind of is done, you know, I don't, I don't know. Do you think if like, you know, Soderbergh or whoever called her and said, Hey, I have a script, would she be like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, I th- I mean, I think it depends. I do think it depends. I feel like if, if Soderbergh called her, maybe, maybe, I, just, I mean, but he's not even in that business anymore, really. Like he's shooting films on iPhones and, right. um, that's but, what's interesting. Like she's in, in another life, Jennifer Lopez has said, she's like, I would love to, I would do indies. I want to do it all. Yeah. You know, when she was that young actress, she fully thought, you know, I can do everything and I want to. Um, she's even said, you know, uh, what do you think you, the greatest moment in your career has, is? And she said, I don't think it's happened yet. For better or for worse, you are that Jenny from the block, that same real person, that same grounded girl from the Bronx is the, still the same girl that sits here with the same feelings inside, the same dreams and aspirations to be the best. And, uh, and that doesn't stop. That's, that's a never-ending quest because there is no best, right? There is no yeah, perfect. No, there is no nothing like that. But that drive is what keeps you going, you know, to have a perfect moment. She said, I'd love to win an Oscar, of course, but you're not going to, you know, swing at 100 every single time. That's just not life. Right. And so I, I truly love where she's at now. She went through shit for, through Gili, Benifer, all that mess. Um, and and that and that's the impressive thing, really, is the is the recovery from because that was, I mean, it, it, she referred to it, and I I think it's a bit of a, a misnomer. She referred to it as sort of the birth of tabloids. I think it was more the problem was it was the birth of the internet tabloid. Yeah, and and it was really around that time that she became such a focal point for. Yeah. And there are like not there are not a lot of celebrities who have made it through. Yeah, that. She's kind of mastered it, you know? She gives them just enough so they're happy. She's on the red carpet still wearing amazing things. 
she's doing photo shoots with A-Rod. Um, I think they both are just like really savvy. Yeah. Um, and know how to keep their name out there, but getting exactly what they want. Um, because everything is just so well maintained and curated. But is there anything else that you would particularly like to see from her? Not that she needs any advice from us, obviously. Right. Well, a part of me feels like, you know, what would it look like if she did a really super micro indie film, you know? Um, what would it, what would the script be to get her to be like, you know what? Yeah. I want to just like strip it all away and give my heart and soul into, you know, a tiny film. The problem I think is she's so invested in a, her kids and all these businesses that she's keeping afloat. Um, I don't know if like her head's in that space to like get back into the quote unquote art of it, especially after she did those kind of like Oscar swings. Well, that's, that's, I would say if I had to choose one thing for her not to do, it'd be that sort of like sappy melodrama, right? Sort of, you know, I don't mind her doing a message film like border town border problem. Border town is it doesn't have the talent behind the camera in order to make a successful thing. The script's not particularly great. And the, the direction is like, uh, like really bad Oliver Stone cover band. Right. And then an unfinished life is like complete Oscar base. Yeah. You have Leslie Hellstrom, you have classic Hollywood representative Robert Redford, but it's just such a small, crappy script. What I want for her is like what Mary J. Blige got in Mudbound. Yeah. You know, just like something completely, uh, against type, you yeah. know, something to, to really show her stretch. Um, because, I don't know. I want to see her get lost a little bit yeah. in a role. But if she wanted to, she could basically play only these roles where she's just like a rich person who, right. you know, but I, yeah, I, w- I would like to see her stretch as well. Uh, my, my only two things real quick is I would love to see her work with another auteur like Soderbergh. Once again, I doubt he's interested, not because of her, but because he's doing very micro But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he could convince her to do one as well. But also, uh, more dancing. I love yeah. watching her, you know, like, Selena, the one good scene in the wedding planners, a dance, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, shall we dance? Yeah. Uh, she dances in second act. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm all for her dancing more. She's in an incredible yeah. mover. Yeah, exactly. She's got the movement. If so. you're talking about E, she's got a perfect one. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that wraps up Jennifer Lopez, uh, truly an icon for our time. She really is. And I can't stress enough, like, if anyone out there can, like, throw out me some names of other celebrities who are in the realm of Jennifer Lopez, I'm, I'm, my ears are open. <laughs> so I'm stumped. Yeah. So where can you find us online? Everywhere. Everywhere. We're, um, you can listen to us in, like iTunes. So many places. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. If you do listen to us on iTunes, feel free to drop us a five-star review and leave a little comment because it helps our visibility and makes us available to other people who may not see us the first time around. Yeah, we would love that. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at, at the Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook at the Mixed Reviews. Or you can write us little love notes at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We love those. Oh, we do. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, so that wraps her up, and we got to discuss whoever our next subject's going to be. So we're going to go do that. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
for tonight.